Nobody can do it like Chewy. It's it's kind of a bummer. Um, yeah, no, we try too hard. Yeah, it, it's just gotta be off the cuff. I don't give a fuck. I always forget I have to do these. Like that perfect attitude. I, I just I can't I can't replicate. I'm gonna leave all that in. Anyhow, hi, welcome behind the hype with me, your host, as always Brian Dress. With me as always is Jonathan Hardesty. Yeah, hey. If you can't tell by that intro, uh, Chewy was unable to join us this week. Uh, it's not that she just can't it's that she just, she's been working so goddamn hard over the past week and a half that when it came to watching anything after uh, our son went to bed uh she passed right the fuck out and uh, <laughs> that included the donner cut that included suicide squad that included tv shows that she asked to watch she she's just not <laughs> she just was not lasting so uh so literally, literally she couldn't yeah so as opposed to you know trying to force her to watch it in the middle of the day <laughs> Which she did not want to do. I'm like, you, you should probably just take the week off. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to take the week off. <laughs> so no Chewy this week. Although she did say she liked what she saw of it. Um, but she didn't really remember the original cut that well. So she couldn't really like tell the difference. Um, so I don't think she would have had that much fun talking about it anyways. So th- this one uh, kind of worked out. Uh, but she will be back, uh, you know, schedule permitting for Lethal Weapon 2. And hopefully Matt Dykes will be joining that week as well. Uh, and that should hopefully be next week. But before we get oh, way yeah, too yeah. far ahead of ourselves, let's go back into the Superman 2 dun 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 or cut. <laughs> there, was that better? <laughs> yeah. Dun 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 or cut. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, so let's uh let's start with the the uh I think the elephant in the room of you had not seen this, right? I've never seen the Donner Cut until this thing. Um the, <laughs> until this podcast. Yeah. Until now. <laughs> and I had seen it once when it came to DVD and I watched it at a f- with a friend of mine and I had uh, forgotten how ridiculously different it is while also insanely similar and things that I remembered, like clearly remembered, I was just fucking wrong about. Like I remember it just ending at the cave, uh, at the cave, Jesus forces of solitude. Like I'm a Superman fan. I can do better than this. Um, but like in the Fortress of Solitude, for some reason I remember the ending just being right then and there. And I'm like, I don't know why it ends in the Fortress of Solitude. And I've had people like, it doesn't. I'm like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure it does. And uh, <laughs> no, I was, I was dead wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, very wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, no version of Superman 2 has ended at, at the Fortress of Solitude, except maybe when they kicked Donner off the project. <laughs> I think he was kicked off far before that. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah the, the different fortress of solitude scene <laughs> yes um but otherwise i i'm not really sure how we're going to approach this episode because it, it does kind of require unfortunately that we talk a little bit about the original cut as well so what we're going to try to do our best to review both in kind of the behind the hype fashion which is we don't really review it we just kind of talk about it um but to do that we kind of have to talk about both of them and uh I don't mean this is an offense to to Donner. I know he wasn't a fan of the theatrical cut, but most of us kind of are in some way or another. I, I don't think there was ever anybody out there like this version sucks. Um, so like it, it doesn't quite have the parallel to say like the Snyder cut where it's like one version is abysmal and the other is phenomenal. I think both of these would be about, at least in my ratings, I know John rates a little bit harsher than I do, but I'd say both of them about like three out of four. Three out of four. Okay. 
I'd probably do like th- three out of five. <laughs> so, sure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a little harsher. Um, uh, sure. <laughs> if I do the math right, which I don't know. I'm not a math. I'm not a mathematic. Um, I'm an asthmatic. So but yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I loved the original Superman two. Yeah. I watched it about a billion times. Uh, you know, watched one and we didn't have, I didn't have access to one nearly as much as I had two. And I watched two a lot. I was the opposite. Like I, I'd seen one more times than I can possibly count. Uh, two, I've seen a lot. Yeah, and so like that's I ended up watching both. Uh, just as an unofficial like, where have they been doing sort of thing? I watched <laughs> the first one because I bought the whole box set of sure. just all of them up to uh, the uh, the Superman Returns. All of them, all the editions. I got the three hour Superman one cut, the Donner cut. Superman 2, all the commentaries and a bunch of 40s cartoons. It's like, okay, a goodbye. That's a goodbye. Yeah, very. I'm excited to go through the rest of them. But that said, yeah, no, I didn't remember a lot from the first one. And watching the Donner cut was like, where did this scene go? Why is this here at this moment in time? Oh, that scene's shorter. Or oh, that thing is shorter. Like, that was me the whole movie. I still enjoyed it, to your point. Like, yeah. three out of four, three out of five, like... I still enjoyed it, and I would say maybe this about the same, but it just it felt missing something. I had to really reconcile a lot that it was a the same movie, different, and not yeah. in a way that like it saved the cut. It, like we had a really good cut, and then this was also a good cut. Yeah, I feel like the best would be a bigger blend of the two. Like they're like they could both use a little bit from each other. Like I, I like that. Say like Lois Lane is a little bit more. Uh, She's a little more intelligent in the Donner cut. Like she has a little bit more like agency. Like she can figure out Superman in a second. Like it doesn't take her any time at all. Whereas like the other one, it took her a little bit, and it's a little bit goofier about it. Yeah, in fact, a lot of the- she's devious in the Donner cut. Like she shoots yeah. him, yeah, <laughs> with a gun. I'm like, that's hardcore. <laughs> like there's a, there's a, an element of go getterness, <laughs> yeah, go getterness, I guess, of Lois Lane, where she's intense. At least in any version, it's like she's gonna get what she wants. She's gonna get the scoop, and it's like, yeah, no, she's gonna shoot clark on a on a hunch yeah and, like, and sh- well she i mean she shoots him with a blank so he would have been fine uh um, yeah yeah but even still just just even that thought process and just yeah. tricking superman tricking the most powerful superhero in the dc universe like <laughs> that's well, cool it's cool and then like that alone compared to every other Superman movie out there, including ones that I really enjoy, is the only time that they really show why Superman, at least, like, I'm speaking comic book-wise here, like, why Superman really loves Lois Lane. She's his, like, intellectual equal. And they don't really ever show that in these movies, because I feel like they're always kind of afraid to have, like, Superman not be the biggest and best thing on screen at all times. But Lois Lane is right there with him. I mean, she's not a superhero, at least most of the time, but she is that smart. And Margot Kidder and and um, Christopher Reeve and everybody, like, they really sold that in their scenes together. And granted, some of their scenes were fucking, like, test footage. But still, like, you can see, like, they, they had a really clear idea of, like, where is she with him? Like, how does she stack up against Superman? And that's why he's so attracted to her. It's not just because, like, oh, pretty. It's, like, <laughs> she's right. a legit person. And I really appreciate that. And I, I don't think it's lost in the original, but it, it's a little bit more showcased here. Yeah, no, especially coming off of watching the first one where their um, rooftop date was freaking 
uh, smoldering, I guess, for lack of anything stronger <laughs> to put. Like, I forgot how flirty that was. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm watching this with my kids, and I'm like, this is, like, they are <laughs> they are going at it with their eyes. It is nuts. Oh, yeah. And the second she walks out from, like, the iron cast thing. Oh, pink. What? Your underwear. You moved. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, do you have all, do you have all your, do you um, eat? And it's like, oh, my God. And then to get to this, with their interplay back and forth, like, if anything, their chemistry, even with the test footage in the Dark Hut, is I feel stronger. Yeah. In, in this. And that was really nice to see. Very surprising, but very helpful. Especially when, like, he decides to give up his superness for her. Yeah. Which is, it plays a lot shorter in the Donner cut, like a lot shorter and kind of compacted, or at least it feels that way in the cut, but it feels like it's more of an important decision. And I don't know. See, I, I would go a little different on that one in, in the original cut. It felt like an important decision to me in the Donner cut. It felt like a teenager acting out. And that's oh, kind of why I, I liked it. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, my bad. I'm I'm kind of conflating these because it's tough not to. <laughs> it, it it is, and here's the difficulty: is that it's followed by that conversation with Kal, uh, Jarrell and yeah. Kalel, and he's ran, like their their father and son are just having it out. Yeah, and he never has that in the in the uh, Lester version. Well, no, because uh, I mean they couldn't use Marlon Brando because he's in the middle of suing the studio, so he just couldn't be in the movie. <laughs> right. So. It fe- so from the other cut, it does feel like it was a bigger thing, but here it feels more, um, I guess, potent. Like, yeah, I guess the the rashness of giving up all your superpowers for it feels like it makes sense because it's a rash decision from a very young Kryptonian, right? Yeah, the he's he's never been in love other than just once with this person, one the first person. Yeah, he's the truly first- kind of got. Yeah, yep. so you're right. It's part of part of the problem is like I'm I'm piecing the two cuts together. Yeah, and it's really and, hard not to like really hard not to because they are so both than, good and they both kind of stick in your head. And it's more so than and even the Justice League example we used earlier, which that's a harder one because it's like no, I can separate those two movies because I can cut all the other stuff out. And yeah. you know the Zack Snyder version is the best one. That mm-hmm. is the version. But this it's like we got two great versions are all the same but different. Like, they're, they're good. They're both... I couldn't pick... I, I'd have a hard time picking one over the other. Yeah, and I've seen people, like, really throw the gauntlet of, like, no, the Donner cut or nothing. And it's like... I mean, I, I will... The filmmaker fan in me will be like, well, of course, because, you know, filmmaker intent. People shouldn't be ripped off of pro- uh, projects. Like, they, they, you never get a good product out of that. The fact that they did is very surprising. Um, But beyond that, I'm like, the other movie isn't bad. And like the Donner cut isn't bad, but like there's things in the Donner cut that I appreciate more than the other one. So like, I I don't think I'd ever edge one over the one or the other, but like my appreciative, like the tonality from the first movie to the second movie, I think is incredibly crucial. Whereas in the original to Lester, it's like more the same, but different. It's the same sort of like, uh, really optimistic everything is fine everything is great you know and we got superman here and everything's cool whereas in the donner version it feels like that that more classic superhero arc of like the first one is like that look man 
you're fucked. We got Superman. And in the second one, it's like, um, that's not going to work every time. And now it's a little bit more difficult. And I have a little bit more emotional stake in this. And, uh, father, like it, it gets a little <laughs> bit more dramatic as it would. So like the tonality makes more sense. Like there's an actual arc going here between the two films. And you can see like where they originally wanted to film these back to back. It's like, oh, I can see where that was going. Yes, and I and I think that's the big thing with the Donner cut. That I knowing that they filmed them back to back, or Donner started to uh, like, attempted to, anyways. That made more sense watching Superman one to Superman two Donner cut because they flowed together so well. Down like just pacing wise, I was like, oh, why, I, I was lucky enough to watch them one after the other, right? And it was like this may have been may as well have been just one experience for how the arc worked. And uh, even just the Superman having the, I've done my duty. Like, I, I've, <laughs> that never shows up in the Lester version. Like, no. I did I did what was asked. Don't I get to be happy? And I was like, hey, that's a really big thematic moment. Like, that's huge and important and the logical and, place for this to go. And it's it's a theme in Superman that so many people have tried to pull off, and so many have failed. And and I'm talking, I'm not just trying to throw shade at like any of the movies that we've seen, like because almost every Superman movie will attempt this storyline, at least that theme, at some point or another. But same with comic book writers, like everyone who's written Superman at some point wants to let Superman be happy because he's such a good guy, and you kind of can't, and that's kind of the bane of Superman, and. I think this movie captures that amazingly well by trying to do it through like an almost adolescent tantrum of like, no, I found a girl I love and I want to be happy with her. Fuck you. I already saved the world. I turned back time. I saved the world. I'm done. I did my job. I'm going to go be happy now. And uh, you fucking can't. The right. world will always which, need you. Which then makes the ending just so potent. And I think, it, we mentioned earlier with uh, the omen, just a sense of pacing that Donner has, and mm -hmm. I think maybe that's where I would give this cut the edge over uh, too. Even though I, I feel like I have a more, much more of a nostalgic love for the original version, the Lester cut. Sure, is that this feels well paced? Like where, where that thing I mentioned earlier about like, oh, that cut is shorter. Like that conversation's shorter. And it's like, well, yeah, a lot of those conversations, like the two police officers, like I can't eat beans. <laughs> it's like they cut that a lot out of that scene. I was like, yeah. yeah, that works. That makes a lot of sense. We're just getting to these points and letting the the argument with his father, Jarrell, that argument play out longer. Letting the Phantom Zone stuff play out longer. Yeah. And letting the important bits actually breathe versus two goofball cops on a Texas road. Like, the pacing feels better. It feels more Donner. I can, I can sense the filmmaker in the way this thing is put together. Absolutely. And, and I think that's kind of like paramount to enjoying this thing because like there's a part of me that I'm not sure how often I'm going to revisit the Donner cut, like cards on the table, even though I really, really enjoyed it because there are things that just kind of irk me, even though these things work. And that could just be because the, you know, the Donner cut was supposed to be done in what? 79, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, like a fucking long ass time ago. And then it wasn't finished until 2006. Like this isn't that old of a version. So they have goofy things. Like the ending is very goofy of, uh, I'm going to turn the world back around again. 
Yeah. It's like, okay, so in the third Superman movie, he was going to be the villain, right? Because he can't just keep doing that to the planet. <laughs> you just can't keep right. reversing time. And it just kind of feels lazy just to use the same gimmick that you did in the end of the last one. But I have a feeling that's just a product of we didn't shoot a fucking ending. Like, we never got to it. So we had to throw something on there. So we'll just reuse footage from the first one. And we'll kind of hobble together a little bit from what Lester shot. Cause it, yeah. Cause and just at make least something with, happen. Right. Because at least with the Lester cut at the end, he used – I mean, the power is goofy. But he used a kiss to, like, take her mem- Lois's memory away. Yeah. And kind of clean the slate that way. And this one, it was less clear that that's what they were doing. Because, um, like, I did – even though I had seen him reverse time in the first like Superman, yeah. like the, the connection wasn't quite there, even if the even if it felt like a good book and sort of. It like a lot of logic was lost in that ending. But what would bring me back to this is their farewell on the rooftop was so yeah. heart wrenching that the Lester version didn't get. It was just like a, a kind of a, a a glossy, you know, lens over him kissing her. And then she's just like there as he walks away or flies away. It's like, oh, okay. She forgets he's got that power. Yeah. And it's kind of skeevy. But this one, it was like tearful. He was sad. Like her eyes, her eyes were just a mess. And I was almost a mess. (laughs) Well, because in this one, they legit break up. Yeah. Like we we didn't get that before. Like Superman dumps her. (laughs) It sucks. And it's, but it's also very real, like that Superman will probably would have to do that, uh, at least in this version of the world. I mean, we've seen him with Lois Lane countless times and have it work just fine. Um, but at least from this point of view, like that just wasn't the case. And then like totally off, like off of that topic, like just moving forward with other stuff. Like the, the other thing that this movie does to me versus every other one of them is it makes me really upset that we didn't get like a really great another movie with Christopher Reeve as Superman. Cause after this, like the, the decline is fast. Uh, I, I do not yeah. like Superman three at all. And Superman quest for peace. And we did a whole podcast on it is laughably, hysterically, <laughs> unbelievably bad. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I will by myself watch those just for the sense of like, Oh, this is how far they fell. But comparatively, the Lester version at least lets you down gently down a slope. You get to roll down yeah. the slope and trip down it and kind of tumble a bit. And you're like, Oh God, Whereas going from Donner cut to three, it's a jump. It's like falling off the cliff. Yeah. It's, you know, (laughs) it's painful. It's going to be a painful drop from Donner cut to three. Just cards on the table. So, I mean, I guess that's one point in Lester's favor. It was a gentle decline. (laughs) And now, like, now that we're here in the future, you know, and I can look at this and be like, wouldn't it be really cool if Christopher Reeve was still with us and he could come back as an older Superman and like one of these like, DC movies kind of had to have like Michael Keaton coming back. Like that would have been really cool. I, I would have been here for this. And it's just kind of a, like I got more bummed out by this movie than I think I probably should have. Like not just the breakup scene, which was done very well and kind of bummed me out, but that was kind of nothing. I'm just watching this movie going like, I feel like I was robbed of more fucking Christopher Reeve Superman. Cause I have, you know, kind of two movies, kind of three yeah. movies. If I count this one twice, but even yeah. with that, it's like one of those is the same movie twice, and his performance is very different in between the two because one's a little bit more lighthearted. But it, that alone makes me that much sadder because I'm like, he can do both. He can do super yeah. serious. I 
I'm so mad at my dad for letting me give up my powers, even though it's my fault and goddamn father. Like, like you just see all that raw emotion on him and he crushes it. And then you can flip yeah. to the Lester version and he's kind of a cornball. And it's like, oh, he crushes that too. And it's like, damn it. Yeah. I wanted more Christopher Reeves Superman. And I know there's two more movies of it, but I, I don't really like those movies. And, and, and like, it, it also doesn't like let him off the hook either, which I was worried about when, I realized what was happening is like he's gonna go back and get his powers, but he just had that whole conversation, and I was like, "Well, no, uh, you're never gonna see me again, uh, Kalel. This is it." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh fuck," <laughs> I got really emotional there. Yeah. But to what your earlier point was about just being robbed of Christopher Reeve, that happened for me with one Superman one after sure. um after Clark Kent shows back up after the roof date, and she's like, "I just gotta get ready for our our date or whatever." Yawn, Clark, and she goes to the bathroom, and he just straightens his back that's all he does and it makes me just immensely sad that there's no there isn't more like there's there's not more to work with because i forgot how much of an amazing actor christopher reeve was from that movie to even this movie like it's hard to say because we're in the realm of superhero movies where everyone's fine everyone's fine and that's just the rule that's how it's supposed to be but christopher reeve was stellar yeah. And like that's like, I can go through almost every every actor who's played Superman and gone I, I pretty much dug him. Like there's very few people that have ever actually picked up the cape and I've gone, "Eh, no thanks." And I'm including like most voice actors I've listened to. Like most people if they've gotten through the audition process can usually pull it off, which is saying something that they we've been very lucky with casting. But no one has done as good of a job as Christopher Reeve. Like it just it just doesn't exist, and and I say that as a gargantuan fan of both Brandon Routh and Henry Cavill's take on the characters, but they're both so different. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Brandon Routh was different while trying to be Christopher Reeve, and it's just like none of this worked as good as the first go. Which I hate being the guy to do that because you know you just sound like an asshole saying like oh, the first time they did it best. But in this case, Christopher Reeve. I mean, granted, he even wasn't the first. There was a whole bunch of people on TV before him, but he is the best. Yeah. And it holds up. And that's yeah. what I, when I got the set, I had a moment before I hit, you know, click buy on, online. And it was like, am I just buying this out of nostalgia? Am I going to watch this and be like, mm, okay. You know, I loved it when I was a kid and that's it. And for these two movies uh, in particular, yeah. no, that wasn't the case. It, and- it holds up. And not just, it's not because it's a Superman thing, but like, yeah, Reeve. Yeah. And just Donner is a hell of a filmmaker. Like these movies he are, is. are were very tough to pull off, and he nailed it, both of them. And like and he managed to do so with like a, a light touch of humor. And this is gonna maybe for people who don't like Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, I watching this now, I'm like, ah, there's echoes of that in Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, the right amount of humor that's not too much, but there's a little bit of a wink and nudge and a sense like. Donner's got a sense of humor in this, but it doesn't distract you. It's not taking away from the experience. Yeah. And uh, and even, like, you know, I'll say what I will about Disney and loudly as often as I can, but to their <laughs> credit, uh, or I guess more so just Kevin Feige's credit, like, I read an interview with him when whenever he hires a new director for the MCU, they have to watch Donner's Superman. That's the one piece of homework he gives them. Is like that. That's our beacon. That is the bar. You have to do it. Try to aim for that movie. Which yeah. even even Marvel knows. Donner Superman is the 
fucking best. Um, and and to that and, credit, and just, Don, Superman two is right there with it. Like Donner was on fire with these two things, and it's just such a shame. Like our podcast probably isn't the best one to break down what happened, but if you go online, and you look it up. Like it's very well documented why he left the project slash fired from the project, and it's just kind of a bummer because this guy should have seen this project through to the end because it was worth it. Oh yeah, and and having him do a, a third one, like having him handle the topics of the other two. I think he would have been able to pull it off. Like, well, the fourth one was more, from what I understand, there's a lot of Christopher Reeves' fault too, because he was very anti-nuclear war, and then the filmmakers making it just had no idea how to handle that. Quest for Peace is rough. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but I, I, what I'm saying is, like, as a director, I feel like Donner probably could have figured out a way. <laughs> it's <laughs> like better than what we, we got. Ha- yeah, but then like, again, you know, Canon Films was never going to pay for Donner. Right. Quest for Peace, man. <laughs> yeah, Quest for Peace. That, that is a... Oh, that Maybe is a the third one, one could have worked. Maybe the third one, but uh, not not Quest for Peace. I think that one was oh. doomed. As soon as Canon was involved, they were doomed. Yeah. Um, but but to your, to your point, like, this is early. Like, Superman 2, not necessarily, but, like, 1 and 2. Like, both of those are fairly early on in his career, too. Yeah. And it's like, to have the best superhero film of all time and part of one, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that early on in your career, like no one else gets that. No, no, and, and it's just like w- watching this movie, and like it's funny that I watched it the same week that I watched like the new Suicide Squad movie, because like you just get such a vast di- like how much superhero movies have changed <laughs> over the past thirty, forty years, and it's like this movie, even being a somewhat inferior sequel, is so much better than so many of the superhero movies we get now. And it's like just because it, it, it's a legit movie. That's all it is. It's just a film. Like it just they actually went out and wanted to tell a story about a guy who's going through some shit. And like that's just kind of nice. It's like a little refreshing that it's not just here to be spectacle after spectacle after spectacle. Like this movie's not wall to wall action. In fact, compared to the, even the first one, there's very little action in Superman two. Yeah, I was actually like as i'm rewatching this i was very surprised at how little action both movies have in total yeah and was also surprised that at no point during my experience of watching the two movies was i being sold the other movie yeah i felt like i was just being given a story a movie about this alien who has superpowers and that's his arc i was like wow i, yeah. I have not watched superhero movies in this way since I last watched Superman. Yeah. And then you go into the second one, and I, I know we got to start wrapping things up here at some point. Like the second one is just like you have a guy who's going through some shit and he's got superpowers, and let's throw in generational trauma while we're at it. And here's a whole bunch of people that your dad dicked over, and now it's your problem. And like, oh, man. Like these, these stories are like heavy hitting. Like Terrence Stamp as fucking Zod is amazing. I, and every, I think yeah, everyone to, talks to about that. Gene Hackman in this, like his Gene Hackman in Superman, because you know he was such a good Lex Luthor. He's still not my favorite Lex Luthor, but he's a very good Lex Luthor. But Terrence Stamp as Zod is one of the best superhero or supervillains on screen ever. He's just horrifying. Oh, yes. He is horrifying, and the way they edited, they edited, they took different cuts of his deliver, like different deliveries of his lines added more to him and added more to the three of them and just the generational trauma as you put it really hit 
in this one. Like I was scared for Superman as yeah. as Zod was going through because he was legit a force. And I think some of the goofiness of the lesser cut d- kind of lessens that a little bit. He just kind of stands around and is like, a Neil. And I'm like, well, I don't really – as a kid, I'm like, I don't – okay, fine. He's just a prisoner or whatever. Yeah. And then in this cut, I'm just like, this is some serious generational shit. Yeah. And Terrence Stamp sells it. And the other two do too. I don't – I mean, well, she does. The, the, the big guy doesn't really do much in either version. He's just less of an idiot in the, in the Tonner cut than the Lester one. Still not the brightest bulb in the box in either one of them though. Um, but yeah, they, they, the other two even get more in this. Yeah. And I think that's the credit, the big credit too. It's like, like, uh, you even get more from Ursa, like yeah, kind of a little bit more of her anger and her <laughs> antagonistic nature and more fascination with the badges. And I was like, Oh, I like seeing that have a little bit more breathing room. Yeah. And I also just like that they nailed so much, like not so much, so well of just, all right, we're on Earth. We're out of the Phantom Zone. You are ants. You have no powers. Um, just uh, you can bow down before me because you have nothing you could throw at me. And like this, that vast superiority that like the, all three of them have, but especially coming from Tan Stamp, like it just it just radiates off the screen. It's like no one can beat them. And they even prove that in the scene with like the president. It's like oh, I'm gonna kneel, and it's like, well, that's not actually the president. Who's the president? Um, I am, and I'm also going to kneel. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, so so well done. Just oh yeah, no, it's it's hard to believe that in this cut, in this Donner cut, that there's so many of those moments with so many different actors in there. Even just drama aside, putting Brando back in, you're yeah. just like, okay, this movie's already on an acting level, hitting on so many different higher levels than I was ready for. It still drives me up the goddamn wall that no one could get Marlon Brando to pronounce Krypton right. But <laughs> beyond that, uh, I found it amazing. Krypton. Um, it's not Krypton, Krypton. it's Krypton. No, Krypton. No. Krypton. Listen, oh, Brando. Mr. Mr. Brando, if you could just, it's Krypton. Oh, oh, fuck it. It's Krypton. Whatever. We got Marlon Brando in our movie. We'll, I will say he, it. I'll, can, I'll say it Krypton or I'm going to be a piece of luggage. <laughs> he can say however the fuck he wants. Like, right. I still get mad when I listen to people talk about Super Mario Brothers. What? It's Mario. Just say Mario. It's not Mario. <laughs> get out of here. Um, yeah. But I I was not expecting to have Brando back in. She had honest. forgotten like the little bit that she was awake for. She'd forgot he wasn't in it. And I'm like, see, and Brando's in this. She's like, yeah, Brando's in Superman. I'm like, no, he wasn't in the second one. He wasn't? No. <laughs> no, the mother no, The mother no, was. It was the mother. They, they, yeah. couldn't, oh. they couldn't fix it. They couldn't fix the lawsuit. <laughs> right. And then just even his description of the three villains was so affecting. Yeah. And having that tie together, instead of just being delivered to you, you just have like, for all his, for all his shit that we have historically for Marlon Brando, like, he sold... Jarrell, like that's yeah. kind of who I see as Jarrell, and everyone kind of has to stack up against that, and that's a hard thing. I also love the, and then we will get into the favorite moments here in just a second, but because uh, this one was almost one of mine, but now that we're kind of talking about it, with Brando in this movie, you get that scene with him and Gene Hackman, <laughs> where Gene Hackman is trying to be like Superman, because you know, uh, of course, Jarrell created the Fortress of Solitude crystals so that he can have a conversation with his son. Even though it's pre-recorded, he knows everything he's going to say because reasons. 
But when uh, <laughs> but when fucking Lex Luthor shows up, he didn't know what Lex Luthor was gonna say, but he's still trying to have one side of the conversation. And like, that's a good question, my son. I didn't say anything. <laughs> just, he's just a little frustrated the whole time. It's such a great moment yeah, of yeah. levity. Like th- this stuff just worked in this movie. Uh. <laughs> I, just love his, I didn't say anything. All right, I, I think I think we've kind of we've done it. I think we should start uh, start with our favorite moments, and that was kind of like my my backup choice of a favorite moment. So why don't you go first? Oh, cool, 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 cool. Put me on the spot. That's that's great. Um, I think uh, the fan- extended Phantom Zone scene, yeah. and 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 this ties to like something that I would find as a favorite moment of mine in the first one is the kind of the mo- like as we go. <laughs> Brando just starts talking to his son before he becomes Superman and he just starts going off on his thing, giving his monologue and we're just in space and it's just traveling through space and being all almost like 2001 esque. Right. And it's getting all heady and all that. And I'm like, Oh, I love this shit. (laughs) And then to have that in here, but with just it twisted, they're prisoners, they're floating through this. And then all of a sudden, Hey, there goes Superman right next to him. I'm like, this continuity is Kind of great, and it's even why I like I like the pilot for um, Supergirl uh, for the CW. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh yeah, she got there first, or no, he there was some timing thing, right? Yeah, no, she was older, but then he got there first, so then he's older. And I was like, this is flipped. It, like it had a, had that sense of like meeting and missing, yeah, timey wimeyness that I thought I really I really liked too. So it's not the flashiest of moments, but I liked seeing more of the horrific Phantom Zone. And the DVD sound or the Blu-ray sound quality on that was just scary. <laughs> I, I think mine would be a little bit different, but I, I still just—it's the scene that always stuck with me the most as a kid because it always kind of freaked me out. And that's when the—it's um, the time that Lois Lane is like, "Fuck you, you're Superman!" Like obviously you're Superman, and it's when the kid falls off the the waterfall. Um, oh. Oh, that man. scene always that just the... stuck with me because I'm just like, like Superman's in such a pickle here. Like he has to save this kid, but he knows how smart Lois Lane is. And he tries, like he really tries to lie his way out of it. But luckily in the Donner catch, he's like, well, fuck you. I'm just going to shoot you. I know it's you. Uh, so I guess all of yeah. that kind of together would be my favorite thing from like the kid falling through Lois shooting him. I'm like, it's just such a good such a well-crafted scene and sequence that it's like this was out of his control. Lois didn't concoct this situation. It's just she was lucky. It was right place at the right time, and it just worked. And I, I think it didn't feel staged, and I really appreciated that. Like, all of it just worked really, really well. I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, and even with, with two kids who you just you know the kind of – the minute you're not attentive, something happens, sort of fear yeah. that any mm-hmm. parent has – just to see that from this end of adulthood and parenthood, I'm just like, Oh my God, kid. Oh my God, kid. Don't just get out of here. I'm going to put you in a, I'm going to tape you to the hot dog stand. Yep. <laughs> just like <laughs> you deserve. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do some double features. Uh, I can go first since I, I made you go first for the other one. Uh, my double feature okay. for Superman two, I, uh, it's going to be, I know people are going to hate this double feature and I might be the only one who does it, <laughs> but I think it would be nice. And I would do Superman two, the Donner cut followed up by man of steel. Um, 
specifically in that order okay. just to try to see like think of it more like the like i think of the donner cut i don't really think of the donner cut as like a solid film i think it was like a solid film experiment like you watch it like with the idea of like what it could have been like you watch the original superman 2 and then you watch the donner cut it's like oh this is what was going on here i still like what i saw but this would have been cool too and it still is kind of cool uh, and i kind of do the same thing with the donner cut to Man of Steel. It's like, oh, okay, I really like Man of Steel. I honestly do really like Man of Steel. Um, but, like, you can kind of see, like, what it almost could have been if there just been, I don't know, something different to that movie. There's a way that movie could have been, from what I think is pretty good, to fucking amazing. And I just didn't quite get there. And yeah. I, I feel like they'd pair together well. Like, Superman 2 could have been better than Superman 1, but it just didn't quite get there. Man of Steel could have been the best Superman movie ever, but it just didn't quite get there and i think these two movies would pale what pair well from like a educational standpoint oh yeah for sure and give you a very in, like a sense of what zach was going for yeah especially when you see the performances that play in the donner cut yeah mm-hmm. I, I i would i would watch that um double feature for sure yeah um mine is going to be a little bit more on the repetitive side and maybe not nearly as fun but for me in edit like who does editing for a living I would just get a kick out of it. So this will be boring for a lot of people, but I would have both cuts of Superman 2. This is going to be a little bit of a cheat. The Lester cut and the Donner cut. And I, I would present this to the person watching it that both are good. Watch them from that point of view that there's not that none are, neither one's better than the other. They're different. And it would be very interesting to see how uh, what they felt in each one. Yeah. Because there are definitely lots and lots of people out there who strongly prefer one or the other. And I think that's fine. I just, I just... Yeah. I'm not here for that argument of which one wins. It's just like, no, they're both good. I'm just really happy. No, they're, they're... I finally got to watch this one again. Yeah. And what's kind of the reason, main reason too is like that Paris sequence uh, is exciting. Yeah. In the Lester cut. That's an exciting sequence and it's such an exciting way to really build tension to bring Superman into, thing, into play and then have that bomb be what looses the three you know, Kryptonians. And that's a, that's a very exciting way to get this thing kicked off and going. Yeah. And just the anticipation of Superman going to show up and the shit that Lois gets into on the Eiffel Tower. Like, holy balls, that's intense. Yeah. But then, like, it, you know, then there's trade-offs. And I would love to just have people experience the trade-offs in a very compressed amount of time. Yeah. And just appreciate that. Because even the flip of, like, well, in the Donner Cut, Superman frees Zod. Like, it's his fuck-up. Because he just thought yeah. chucking a missile into space would be fine. Like, I, I love that sort of stuff. Like, they, they, they both work just different. Yeah. And it's a very fascinating way to approach it and might give people more of a sense of just, you know, how these things can go and yeah. how maybe a person's cut is a lot more specific to them than we might realize or give credit for. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's it. We, we've done it, right? We did it. Oh, my God. Uh, so next week, I mentioned earlier, way earlier, uh, will be Lethal Weapon 2. And we're hoping to have Matt Dykes on for that one, depending on scheduling. Uh, I know he's already watched it, I think, twice and already taken notes, so he really <laughs> wants to be on. Um, but it will obviously have to be scheduling permitting. Uh, and then after that, I still haven't decided what the last movie, that, uh, last the one after that will be, and then the one, we still have one more after that, which will be Timeline. But in between Timeline and... Uh, I just played Unleathal <laughs> Weapon 2. Jesus Christ. Unleathal Weapon yeah. 2. There will be another one. I just haven't fully decided on what that will be yet. It might be Goonies. It might not be Goonies. 
we'll figure it out. Uh, but oh, be yeah. sure to tune in for at least Lethal Weapon 2 and probably Timeline, because, you know, Timeline's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, just go with us on that one. Like, yeah. it's, we want Paul Walker back in our experience and just to wrap it, like, bring it to a close with him. I bet we'll still find things we enjoy about that movie. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm optimistic. <laughs> yeah. I uh, and then for this show, every the show on the ATH network, be sure to check out athpod.com. And binge buddies, we're in just about done with season one of what we do in the shadows, and then we're gonna take a little bit of time off before season two. Um, not too much time, just a little bit. And uh, then we have damage boost. We got lots of really fun stuff going on. Damage boost. Yeah, John, have you recorded your episode with him yet? On the uh, punk yes. of cybers, yes, yes, and and it was it turned out to be a lot more uh, kind of just about that sort of situation in general. It got it got very big picture and yeah. a bit headier than I was expecting it to, and less nitpicky on the problems, but just pointing out like I think at one point I told as a little bit of a, a teaser I mentioned that I I could sell him and unsell him on the game continually i could do i could spend an hour doing it i could give him one way that hey this is awesome and then turn around and immediately unsell him on it and i did that a couple times <laughs> but just to give you kind of a sense of where we went we kind of went around the merry-go-round a bit with that one and i'm excited to hear it <laughs> i'm excited here too uh and then what's going on with demon days got another episode coming out we're getting to some exciting fights coming up uh gotta start editing the next one which by the time you hear this it will have been done. So, yeah, can't wait for you guys to check it out. Very exciting stuff. Uh, and then, Chewy, what about... Oh, yeah, you're not here. So, I think that does it. Should we say goodbye? Indeed. Should, 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 goodbye? Goodbye? Bye. 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 Bye.